Hey. You're listening to Big Talk with Big Nate, brought to you by The Daily Goat, your go-to place for the latest news in baseball. And strike three called. They haven't been to the World Series since 2000, and the Mets are on their way back. Football. Rex Ryan said, I have to be better than Bill Belichick. On one day, put it on the two of them early in the week. It was that early interception that certainly changed the momentum that Harris played. Didn't lead the points, but it looked like right out of the gates that the Patriots were going to be taking it down and scoring. It was a whole lot tougher for that offensive unit the rest of the day. Basketball. Lynn puts it up. Movies. Avengers! Assemble. And TV shows. I'm Daredevil. And now the host of Big Talk with Big Nate, Nate Olshan. everybody and welcome back to another episode of Big Talk with Big Nate. It's been a while. I haven't done one of these in a little bit, but with a lot of news going on lately from uh, DC and Marvel. I thought that I'd come together right here to do a big podcast on everything that's been going on, all the latest news, and everything that's been happening in the new shakeup of DC with Warner Brothers. So first of all, everybody, I've been good, doing pretty well out here in Colorado. Just got back from a nice vacation in Aruba with the family. And it was a great time. Had a blast. It was just great to see the family again. I haven't seen them in literally seven months, so pretty nice to get together, see them, celebrate my birthday and whatnot. But yeah, I thought that I'd come back right here, do a podcast, do something great, and let's get right to the big news. So DC and Warner Brothers went through a big uh, shakeup. David Zaslav is now the new president of Warner Brothers Discovery after the merger with AT&T, and... James Gunn and Peter Saffron are now the co-CEOs of what is now being called DC Studios, DCU, DC Universe, instead of the DC Extended Universe, DCEU, which was in the past with Walter Hamada and a couple clowns that tried to ruin the studio from out, uh, from out from the ground under. We now have new DC Universe coming out, some new DC content. James Gunn has said that movies, TV shows... Even some comics and video games are going to all connect to one big collective universe. So I'm really excited about this. I I have some faith. While, yeah, it's a damn shame that Henry Cavill is out as Superman, Gal Gadot. Who knows about her? Peter, uh, I'm sorry, James Gunn and uh, the director, writer of the first two Wonder Woman films, Patty Jenkins, met recently. And Gunn scrapped uh, the script for Wonder Woman 3. Asked her to rewrite it. She didn't want to. So that's kind of on the back burner right now. So I think Patty Jenkins is probably going to be gone. But Gal Gadot, those, uh, she, the first Wonder Woman movie was really solid. I enjoyed it a lot. The second one was decent. But she plays the character perfectly. And I think just a lot of people just really love her interpretation of the character. Wonder Woman's a really popular character. And I think that they should just keep her on. But it's kind of up in the air right now. Not really sure. But yeah, Henry Cavill's gone as Superman. And that one stings a little very much. I thought he was the perfect Superman. He kind of got shafted from uh, Warner Brothers and DC Films. So 
Yeah, it's kind of upsetting to me. James Gunn apparently wants to go with a younger Superman, an actor in their 20s, to take on the role. So that's a little concerning to me that he's going to be that young. But at the end of the day, James Gunn is a huge comic book fan. He's a big fan of the comics, both DC and Marvel. Look what he's done with Marvel. He's made Guardians of the Galaxy into an extremely unknown, unrelevant, unliked group of characters into being phenomenally popular. He made a talking tree and a talking raccoon into becoming beloved characters by everyone. So if he can do that, he made the Suicide Squad movie, the remake, quote-unquote remake sequel. Made that really well. The Peacemaker show was outstanding. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing for sure. He's a big fan of comics, so I'm... Pretty optimistic, but Henry Cavill being gone is a big thorn in the side to me. And the new Superman movie, which James Gunn is going to be writing, it's going to take place in Clark Kent's year one as Superman. So it's going to be right as he started to become Superman. He's going to be just starting to work with the Daily Planet. Going to be meeting Lois Lane, Jimmy Olsen, and presumably Lex Luthor is going to be in the film, I would assume. So I'm excited for this. I am. I, I don't know who they would cast. I have a couple thoughts about it i'll get into in a little bit a year one superman is fascinating it's really interesting actor in their 20s though is kind of uh kind of concerning it's a little little strange that they're gonna go that young hopefully it's not too young hopefully it's like late 20s i'm intrigued by this i have some faith batman is a big character obviously in dc he's their most popular character he's my favorite dc character and arguably my favorite superhero of all time James Gunn has said that Batman is going to be a crucial part in the future of the DCU. He also said that Matt Reeves is the Batman universe, which Robert Pattinson is still going to be its separate own thing. It's not going to be involved in any of these other films with cross pat crossing paths with other characters. It's not going to be made into the new DC universe. It's going to be its own separate thing on Earth 2, Elseworlds, whatever the hell you want to call it. So that's still happening. Everything that Matt Reeves is doing with the Penguin spinoff TV show, the Catwoman spinoff TV show the Arkham spinoff TV show, the Batman 2, presumably Batman 3, and hopefully a bunch of other films are all going to be still happening still, and they're all, it's all separate things. So I'm really intrigued by this. I got some faith. Really going to be cool to see who they cast as Batman. And another movie that's been, that's been in development, well, first let's go to this one. So the Batgirl movie starring Leslie Grace, J.K. Simmons as Commissioner Gordon. Brendan Fraser was going to be coming back and playing the main villain, Firefly. That movie finished filming, and what happened right as it was all done, and it was about to be sent off to the studio for like test screenings and whatnot, David Zaslav, the old, uh, um, the current president of Warner Brothers Discovery before James Gunn came in as the new CEO, taking over for Warner Brothers, uh, I'm sorry, for DC Studios. Really sad that it's kind of gone. I really think Leslie Grace, really, well, Leslie Grace does deserve, uh, much better opportunity. I think she needs to come back to the role at some point because she's a really phenomenal actress and I was really looking forward to seeing how she would do in the role. And hopefully they bring her back at some point. Maybe not as Barbara Gordon, Batgirl, maybe as this different character. Or who knows, maybe now she's just done with Warner Brothers or just done with DC and maybe she's going to go to Marvel for all we know. Yeah, that movie's been scrapped. Damn shame. But Blue Beetle, that movie's been in development for a while. The movie finished filming recently. That movie's still coming. Uh, test screenings happened for it. And it got a lot of positive reviews. People really seemed to like it a lot. James Gunn loved it. Peter Safran liked it. That movie's supposed to be coming out August 18th, 2023. So I think that movie, in a way, might be the first DCU movie because it's not connected to anything else. There's no Henry Cavill Superman, no Ben Affleck Batman, no Jason Momoa Aquaman, Ezra Miller Flash, Gal Gadot Wonder Woman, nothing like that. It's all... Cord Industries, Blue Beetle, The Scarab, and I'm hyped to see how this movie comes out. George Lopez is going to be in the movie playing Jaime Reyes' uncle. That's Blue Beetle, Jaime Reyes. 
So I'm excited for this movie. I'm really hyped in. I do think it's going to be the first DCU movie. Maybe not really, but in a way it might be. So I'm pretty hyped for this. Uh, Blue Beetle's a phenomenal character, particularly the Jaime Reyes version. Really intrigued by this. Uh, Susan Sarandon is playing a relative of Ted Kord. And if, you, if you're not familiar with Blue Beetle, Ted Kord's the first Blue Beetle, the first person to have the Blue Beetle scarab. Uh, he runs Cord uh, Industries. He's a genius scientist. And apparently Susan Sarandon's character is going to be the villain. And she's going to be a relative of Ted Kord. So I'm intrigued to see if Ted Kord's going to be in this film. Maybe he's retired as Blue Beetle. Maybe he just gave it up, gave it a Jaime or something like that. But I'm intrigued by this film a lot. And I'm really excited to see how this movie turns out. So who would I cast for the new Justice League members? I think... It all starts with Batman, and they're going young with Superman. I'm not sure about Batman in most of the comic books. Superman kind of starts off whenever when he starts off, and Batman's been around for a while. So usually it's around a decade. Whenever they redo Superman's origin, Batman's been around for a, not really a long time, but he's been around for a bunch of years already. So I think Batman's going to be a little bit on the older side. Well, older than Superman, at least. Not older, because the actor that I chose isn't even in his 50s yet. He's in his early, he actually might be in his late 30s, early 40s. And I would go with Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens, phenomenal actor. If you've seen the show Legion on FX, Marvel character, that's Dan Stevens. He played the Beast in the Beauty and the Beast movie from 2017 with Emma Watson. Very great actor. He was slated to play Dr. Doom in a Dr. Doom movie for uh, Fox, but that movie got scrapped after the merger. Who knows, maybe he's still going to be Dr. Doom. I hope he is. But I think he'd be a really interesting Batman. Kit Harrington's another character and is another actor that I think would be really solid. He played Jon Snow in Game of Thrones. If they really want to do something, John, John David Washington, I think he would be really interesting. A lot of people might be a little thrown by that for the obvious reason. I won't say it, but I think John David Washington would be solid. He was uh, the protagonist in the uh, Tenant movie. He was also in Black Klansman. He's also Denzel Washington's son. And this guy's a phenomenal actor and I really would love to see him. As Batman, I don't think it's going to happen, but I would go with Dan Stevens, maybe Kit Harrington. Everyone wants Nicholas Holt as well, but I just don't really see it. I think he's a little too a little too goofy, a little too funny at times. He's done some serious roles, some really solid roles, but I just don't think he's the best fit. I think Dan Stevens would be perfect. And now my pick for Superman would be Will Poulter. Yes, Will Poulter was a funny kid in uh, We Are the Millers. He's also playing Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 with James Gunn. James Gunn always tends to not really flat out pick his friends for his role, but when he finds actors on like the come up, he usually takes them and puts them in a lot and puts them in a lot of his films. He's done that with Will Poulter here with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. A lot of test screenings came out, said that his version of Adam Warlock's phenomenal. Adam Warlock's a great character. I'll get into it later in the podcast, but I think he'd be a really solid choice for Superman, and he's a little shorter. He's not really that buff, but I think it, who who cares? He's a great actor, and I would just love to see him play a role like Superman, where he can still be a little goofy as Clark Kent, and then be a little more serious as Superman, still be the Boy Scout kind of guy, the guy that everyone loves, and I would love to see how that, I'd love to see that. I think he would be really perfect. Wonder Woman, if they're not bringing back Al Gadot, I would go with Elodie Jung. She played um, Elektra Nachinos in the Daredevil TV show on Netflix. I think she'd be perfect. She's done a lot of really solid roles. She kind of has that 
femme fatale kind of vibe, so I think she would really fit really well into playing the classic version of Wonder Woman. Gal Gadot's been great, but in the newer comics, I just really like the newer comics of Wonder Woman in particular. They just they dive deeper into her origin story. She's a little more dark, and I think Elodie Young would be perfect if they go that route. Green Lantern, I think you got to go with Hal Jordan. You can go with John Stewart, or if they go with John Stewart, I'd say Sterling K. Brown, but I think he's even Mr. Freeze in The Batman 2. But I'd go with Hal Jordan. And with Hal Jordan, my pick would be Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell is awesome. He just played Hangman in Top Gun Maverick. He also was in the movie Devotion with Jonathan Majors, a.k.a. Kane the Conqueror. So he has a lot of experience playing fighter pilots, and that's exactly what Hal Jordan was before he becomes Green Lantern. He also has that, obviously, that comedic side to him that Hal Jordan has. The, like, not really slapstick funny, but just the funny one-liners to, like, egg on the villains and piss them off a little bit. I think he'd be perfect for the role. And I think he's really the only choice. Flash, Ezra Miller's going to be recast. I just don't see James Gunn, after everything that went down with Ezra Miller, with what they did, I just don't see them bringing, bringing that actor back. You really can't after what's gone down with that movie. The Flash movie still come with Ezra Miller. Keaton's Batman's going to be in that, but I think that movie is going to really just be the last kind of thing. I just don't think it's going to really set up anything major. Damn shame, too, be Sasha Cali, who's going to be playing Supergirl, and she's a really great actress as well, and I, who knows if she's going to come back now. But I think it's pretty obvious that the, Ezra Miller's time is done as The Flash. I'll go with Sam Claflin. Sam Claflin played uh, Finnick in uh, the Hunger Games series. Really good actor, really cool. I think he'd be a phenomenal fit to play Barry Allen. Kind of has that witty, funny kind of side to him. Plays a nerd really well. Good looking, like Barry Allen. I think he'd be a good fit. I think he'd be perfect. Aquaman, this one's interesting. I would go with Alexander Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård, I think, fits Aquaman to a T. Jason Momoa did a really good job, but it's not really Aquaman. Not, Not really at all. I think Alexander Skarsgård would be perfect, I think. There's a role or two in Marvel that I think that he could play. I'll get into that a little later on in the podcast, but I think he'd be a phenomenal Aquaman. I really would love to see him play a character like that, especially because Aquaman is more of, I don't really care for the surface world. I just care for my people in Atlantis. Kind of an anti-hero in a way, and I think Alexander Skarsgård would do that really great, would do that perfectly. You can't have a Justice League without Martian Manhunter. Martian Manhunter, I'd go with Chitwell Eljafor, who played uh, Bear, who plays Baron Mordo in the MCU and the Doctor Strange movies. I think he'd be perfect. If you don't go with him, I'd say Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick's always the go-to per- he's always the go-to choice. He has that voice down to a T of Martian Manhunter. I think he'd be phenomenal. But if you want to go a little bit younger, I'd go with Chitwell El Jafor. I think he'd be really solid in the, in the role. That's the webcast for the Justice League. I really hope that they go with some of these choices, particularly Will Poulter as Superman. If they're going young, if they're going with somebody in their 20s, Give me Will, give me Will Poulter. Don't give me an unknown. Give me an actor like a Will Poulter who's worked with James Gunn before, who James Gunn has praised a lot from time to time. Give him this role that could really be kind of his breakout. He's been in a lot of other solid films in the past. Uh, one role in particular that I loved from him was in 2018 with the uh, Black Mirror episode. Uh, I forget the name of it, but it was that do-it-yourself kind of movie where you could choose what goes on in the film. He was in that, and he did a really perfect job. He's a really interesting actor. I think he's going to kill it as Adam Warlock and make him be Superman. Give give him the reins. Let him do what he wants as Superman. And I think it would be perfect. I think it would really make people kind of 
not really forget about Henry Cavill at all. You, you just can't. He was perfect as Superman, perfect as Clark Kent. It's nothing more can be said, but it'll make people be able to stomach that Cavill's done. He's never come back as Superman. Will Poulter's really great. He's, as I keep saying, he's phenomenal. Kills every part he's in, makes everything he's in watchable. Great actor, has a lot of range, and I think he would just do Superman and Clark Kent some justice. Now to go on to Marvel, that kind of wraps it up for the DC talk. Uh, it's kind of kind of a really damn shame, really, actually. Let me just get a few rants out of the way. It's really, really kind of annoying that Henry Cavill's gone. He was just so great as Superman, and I thought it really would have been great to give him the Man of Steel 2 movie that was announced back in October and then was canceled a month later. It was in that end credit scene of Black Adam, then canceled a month later, so... Really stupid that they did this. Kind of a kind of a shame to make me happy, to make fans of the character happy. Give me Will Poulter. I'll leave it at that. Give me Will Poulter. Just give me Will Poulter. Give me give him and give me him in anything, and I'll watch it. You cast him as Superman. Yeah, it's gonna be weird seeing a short Superman who's young, but I don't care. He's phenomenal. This man could win an Oscar for playing Superman. It really could. Just give it to me, James Gunn. If you're listening to this podcast, which you probably aren't. At least hopefully you're writing some damn good films right now. Give me Will Poulter as, as Superman. Now to go to Marvel. New Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania trailer dropped and it showed Corey Stoll's character, um, Yellow Jacket, as a MODOK. Showed him without his helmet. Showed a lot of Kang too. So I'm really excited for this film. Corey Stoll playing MODOK is interesting. Obviously if you're a fan of, uh, if you're familiar with the character of MODOK in the comic books. Supposed to be Arnim Zola, played by Toby, uh, Toby Jones. In the uh, Captain America, the First Avenger, Captain America, the Winter Soldier. That's who was supposed to become MODOK. So, them doing this is interesting. Obviously, the last we saw of Yellow Jacket was in 2015's Ant-Man, where he got uh, shrunk down, bite-sized into the quantum realm. There's probably some weird stuff going on with his body in the quantum realm. And obviously, we saw in Loki, we saw a huge helmet of Yellow Jacket. So, maybe everything on his body shrunk besides his head. Kind of what I'm getting with. And then he obviously maybe... Meets Kang. Kang gives him an upgraded suit as MODOK. Gives him some powers there, some futuristic powers. Maybe they work together because Yellow Jacket was a scientist. So I think MODOK's going to be Kang's right-hand man. I think when Ant-Man eventually gets out of the quantum realm in this film, he's going to take MODOK with him. Or maybe he'll just kill MODOK and he was using MODOK all along to get out of the quantum realm. So we'll see what happens there, but that's kind of what I'm going with. Kevin Feige recently said that Kang is searching for the power source for the time chair. And the time chair is a beautiful, beautiful, sexy chair, sexy weapon in Marvel Comics. It really is. It's Kang's time machine. It allows him to destroy and rewrite universes without there being any incursions. So the TVA, if so let's put it this way. If Kang the Conqueror, he who remains, wasn't the leader of the TVA, and if Kang were to use his time chair to destroy a universe in the multiverse or to completely rewrite the history of a universe in the multiverse no incursion would be caused so the tva wouldn't be on his tail they wouldn't even have they wouldn't even know about it they wouldn't when wouldn't it be broken on and they wouldn't be and wouldn't know anything about it so time chair is badass it literally, literally lets him do basically anything he wants without there being any any repercussions until obviously the Avengers and World's Heroes get on his tail and Avengers Kang Dynasty and Avengers Secret Wars. So we'll see about that. But it's kind of what I was thinking the whole time. Why would Kang want a guy like Ant-Man, Scott Lang, to steal something for him? 
oh, maybe it's a time source for his time chair because he's been trapped in the quantum realm. Time chair can get him out of the quantum realm. So that's kind of what I was believing for a while. Getting confirmation on it's pretty cool. Pretty intrigued to see how that will unfold in the film. And Kang is a really interesting character. I've been a big fan of Kang the Conqueror. Really, ever since I started reading Marvel Comics, I started off with DC for a little while, and then I started Marvel in around, like, 2005, 2006. The first comics I read were Avengers Comics with Kang, a lot of Fantastic Four comics with Kang. Kang is just such an interesting, fascinating character. He's very complex. His origin is very confusing. It's been done many times since the 1950s when he was first created, or sorry, early 1960s, actually. And there was a newer comic book series that came out in 2021, fall of 2021, which lasted for around 15, 16 issues, which was a complete origin of Kang the Conqueror. It tied up some loose ends, made everything cohesive, uh, decanonized some questionable stuff that happened in Kang's past. Like it's been in the 1990s, they did an origin of Kang the Conqueror where Kang, Nathaniel Richards, who's from the 31st century, travels back in time um, before Reed Richards was born and he impregnated Reed's mom and it was theorized that that Reed Richards, um, Mr. Fantastic, is the son of Kang the Conqueror and it makes it be aware they can't kill each other because if one kills the other, the other one kind of gets erased from history. So it's kind of what, it was kind of Kang's, uh, little scapegoat kind of thing, where if uh, Reed would ever kill him, it would undo Reed. So that was his way of doing that. But that was undone. It was made. They didn't do anything in the, in the comic series to kind of reveal that, but they kind of went over it and didn't do that. So because that was a really weird thing that happened in the 90s. It really made his origin story really kind of more confusing than what it is. So his origin in the newer series was done perfectly. And it kind of started off with Kang as a young, as Nathaniel Richards in the 31st century as a young man, genius scientist in his late teens. And he's with Ravona Renslayer, who, if you know the show Loki, that name might ring a bell. It's because she's the judge of the TVA, kind of the, not really the ruler, but she's like basically the president of the TVA. And they, those two were in love in the 31st century. They were childhood sweethearts, best friends since children, fell in love. And... Kang's doing something with with uh, Ravona. Ravona gets sucked into a portal and brought back to her home, basically. And futuristic version of Nathaniel comes out of the portal, Kang the Conqueror, and tells Nathaniel Richards of all of his stuff in the past, the present, the future. Everything about him trying to make him evil. Because Nathaniel Richards starts off as a good guy. He's not a hero. He's just a scientist. He just does good and wants to make the world a better place. And when he gets to be a certain age, it's kind of where his Kang persona in the future kind of gets to be erased. So futuristic Kang, main Kang, comes out of the time, comes into the future to kind of get Nathaniel Richards onto this onto this boat of being evil, telling him stuff that has happened, how he kind of lies to him and tells him how he dies in the future multiple times, and then he comes back because of all the scientific futuristic, what have you, and kind of gives him reason to hate the Avengers, and it leads Nathaniel to eventually travel into the past, present day of Marvel Comics, where the young Avengers are just forming, 
He poses as Iron Lad and tries to infiltrate the team from the inside out, but he eventually becomes to not, but he eventually becomes to like these people that he's working with, the Young Avengers, grows fond of them, wants to help them, tries to ruin future Kang's plot, but Kang prevails, as he always does. He can't escape him, and he eventually makes Nathaniel Richards full-blown evil, and the rest is history. The rest is history. It goes deeper into his origin, deeper into his upbringing, his scientific ways of being a genius, his relationship with Ravona, how he kind of needs to not only really sacrifice her, but kind of sacrifice his love for her because it will just make him more pure and he wants to be full-blown evil. So that's where I'm kind of thinking that maybe with Ravona's memories not really being there, not really knowing much about the TVA besides just of what their goal is, I think it's because Kang brainwashed her and made her the judge, quote-unquote, president of the TVA. So we can kind of watch over her and she has a position of power. So it's kind of what I'm going with. I think in Loki Season 2, I think Kang, in Kang's role is going to be much bigger in Loki Season 2. They've said he's going to be a bigger player. I think it's going to be, obviously, Ravona's going off trying to find the leader, of uh, the ruler of the TVA, who is Kang. I think she's going to find him and maybe he'll... Give her her memories back, and the two will become a big power couple. Because while Kang is kind of had this has this mindset of being pure and not wanting to have love in his life, because it'll kind of corrupt him into being more good than he is evil. In time, he kind of finds some some plot holes, some loopholes into that not happening. So I think we're going to get a lot of that, a lot of their backstory, a lot of their origin in the season two of Loki. And I'm hyped for this. I'm hyped for this. Kang is a great character. He's my favorite villain in comics. Well, in Marvel Comics, at least. Marvel Comics, he's my favorite villain. He's amazing. Bounced around timelines and whatnot, done his own thing, become popular in certain time periods, where the, rather he was a pharaoh in old Egyptian times. He was a king in, during the Renaissance time. Uh, he's had his hands in every cookie jar in literally all of history. So it's going to be fascinating to see how they bring his origin story to life, what they do with him, and how they handle it. Because if you do the, if you do Kang right, he can easily, easily outdo Thanos as the big bad of, of Marvel. Obviously, Thanos was the first big bad main villain of the Marvel. Kang can easily outdo him. He really can. He's all-around great character. He's far more menacing. He's far more pure evil than Thanos. It's Thanos' goal. A lot of people would agree with him. A lot of people wouldn't. Kang, he's just full-on evil. He wants world domination. He wants power. He wants to be ruled. Doesn't want to be forgotten in time. He wants to just be everything, quite literally. So I'm hyped for this. Really excited to see how they do with Kang in this movie and going forward. Next up, we got Adam Warlock, Will Poulter, appearing in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 trailer. A new photo was released on Monday showing Will Poulter's Adam Warlock in action. And I'm so excited for this. Adam Warlock's a great character. He's so, so interesting. He was uh, obviously created by the gold people in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, as he was in the comics. And he's started off to be evil, but he kind of realizes, after spending time with the Guardians, fighting him a few times, realizes that people that made him are evil, people that he's trying to kill are good, and it makes him into a good guy. He also has a split personality called Magus, which is this basically a brother 
that lives inside of him. And every now and then he'll come out and he'll be evil. So I don't think we're going to get Magus in this film. I think it's pretty uh, too soon, but maybe in an end credits scene. We'll hear a voice talking to Adam Warlock, which sounds like Will Poulter, but it's a little more evil. And if you remember, in 2014, Will Poulter was actually cast as Pennywise for the It movie that came out in 2017. He had to drop out because of scheduling conflicts, and they obviously brought in Bill Skarsgård. But Will Poulter was going to play Pennywise. So he can obviously do a menacing voice very well, because he was going to be playing Pennywise. So I would love to see him end up becoming Magus a little bit in the future. And I'd love to hear an end credit scene where Adam Warlock's doing something with the Guardians. Maybe he's become a member now, or he's just off doing his own thing, being a hero with surviving members of the Guardians, because I guarantee you half of the team, if not most of them, are going to die. Maybe he'll just be talking to one of the Guardians members, and then he'll hear a voice in his head. And versus history, it turns out being Magus. So I'm hyped for this. Hyped to see Will Poulter's Adam Warlock. I think it's going to hopefully get him the role of Superman. I keep going back to that, but that's really, really what I want. Some other interesting news. Uh, Harrison Ford has been cast as General Thunderbolt Thaddeus Ross, uh, Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross in the Thunderbolts movie, which is coming out, and replacing the late William Hurt, who passed away during uh, end, of 20, uh, end of 2021 after his complications with COVID. So Harrison Ford's playing General Ross. I'm pretty hyped for this, and it's rumored that he's going to be coming the President of the United States. Uh, he was just recently the Secretary of the State for um, in the MCU during Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame, so him becoming President would make sense after everything that happened. I think it would be pretty neat to see this version of, 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 uh, of General Ross. He's always in the comic books, General of the U.S. military. We don't see him having any other hands in, in politics. Don't seem doing much any of anything besides just being a war general. So I'm int very intrigued to see this. I think Harrison Ford is going to be an interesting choice. I, I just I, I I can't really see Harrison Ford playing a cocky bad guy. We saw him do that with Han Solo in the Star Wars movies, with being a cocky good guy. I just can't see him playing a villain. I just can't. And it's rumored that he's going to be coming Red Hulk. Ever since they brought back William Hurt as General Ross in 2016 for Captain America Civil War, I was really hoping that we would see Red Hulk. We hadn't. I mean, we never did. And now, we probably will. He's going to be his. He's also going to be appearing in Captain America New World Order with Sam Wilson, uh, Anthony Mackie becoming Captain America. So, guarantee we're going to get some Red Hulk eventually. Thunderbolts is probably going to be where it's at. And then also in Captain America New World Order. And it's... This, this this movie Thunderbolts and Captain America New World Order are very interesting. So keep on with Thunderbolts. It's rumored that Sentry is going to be appearing. That's why I want Alexander Skarsgård to play. Sentry is one of my favorite characters in Marvel. I'm not going to say hero or villain because he's literally a hero and he's also a villain. He's not an anti-hero. He's not. He's saved thousands upon thousands of people. But he has killed more people than he has saved. He's not afraid of collateral damage. He'll level a building if he has to. If there's a bad guy on the top floor of a building doing something, he'll just take down the whole building and kill everyone in that building. He just doesn't care. As long as the bad guy's killed, he's happy. And over time, it's start of his 
the goodness within him starts to try to overpower the evil and it kind of creates not really a split personality, but it just kind of unlocks more of the evil in him and he kind of goes apeshit. And it's rumored that Sentry's going to be a uh, member of the team, of the Thunderbolts team, and that by the end they're going to have to do whatever it takes to stop him. So I hope we don't get an Icarus kind of thing where Icarus in the Eternals movie, played by Richard Madden, was the big time leader of the team, great guy. He ends up being evil and tries to kill everyone, and then he dies. If they kill Sentry, I probably will walk out of the theater. He is literally Marvel's answer to Superman. He's very powerful. He's awesome. He's kind of a more good version of Homelander. Homelander's just freaking, he's sinister. He's as evil as it gets, and he pretends to be good. Sentry is good guy who just kind of has some dark intentions dark's too too strong of a word he just has these intentions of doing stuff ways of doing stuff that just are like a 180 of what the usual standard superhero would do obviously with them leveling buildings is a big factor in that not caring about collateral damage um so i'm hyped to see this i think Alexander Skarsgård would be absolutely perfect. If you haven't seen the CBS All Access now on Paramount Plus remake of Stephen King's classic story, The Stand, you watch that movie. You watch that movie. Alexander Skarsgård plays um, Randall Flagg, who's one of Stephen King's, he's actually Stephen King's most used character. He's a villain that Stephen King created called Randall Flagg, who plays, or who is, is actually handful of other different villains the demon in children of the corn that the kids were um uh praying to whatever the hell you want to call it was randall flag the dark man in the dark tower randall flag uh pennywise not randall flag but in some fan forms it's kind of theorized that he might be randall flag i don't think he is but what the theory is there's been other films too where pretty much every, or books really, pretty much every Stephen King book where there's a villain, more often than not, that villain is a version of Randall Flagg. And it's what connects all of his books together into being one collective universe. Randall Flagg pretending to be these different villainous people. And he's basically the devil. And he's awesome. Alexander Skarsgård played him on the show and he was outstanding up until the really weird season series finale of the show which was just went off the rails and uh i don't know why they just made rain of flag into a very awkward character towards the end of the show you have to see it to know what i'm talking about but up until then i was in a sky sort killed it as Randall flag did a great job and i would love to see him play a character like century aquaman would be really cool Pretty much anything you cast Alexander Skarsgård in, and I'll see it. He's one of the handful of actors, actresses where, whatever they're in, I will see. I will see it. So you cast him a Sentry, I'd love it. I think he'd be perfect. And that's really what I want. And to go back to Captain America: New World Order, Tiamat, who was the Celestial in the Eternals, who grew out of the Earth, who was gonna kill Earth, basically destroy it, and wasn't stopped is uh, reportedly going to become an island in the MCU, and it's going to become the fictitious island of Genosha, who, if you've read read X-Men comics, you know that mutants that aren't X-Men, that don't want to become X-Men, 
reside on this fictitious island of, the, of uh, Genosha, and they learn how to control their powers. It's also rumored that Tiamat is going to be made of adamantium, which is what Wolverine's bone structure and his claws are made out of. It's also ten times stronger than, vib than vibranium, and it's also going to be rumored to be ca the cause of a world of basically World War Three in Captain America: New World Order, where the U.S. and other countries are after adamantium to get that metal for themselves. So I'm hyped. All these rumors going on around now about Thunderbolts, about Captain America New World Order, has me really excited. And obviously rumors are rumor, you don't know what's true or not, but some decent sources that I've been following for the last couple of years, like Daniel RPK, who's revealed a lot of true factual information in the past when he's just reporting and it ends up becoming true. He's, I would say, he's about 85% right at the right so whenever he reports, I'd say about he's 85% correct, 85% accurate. And hopefully these are true reports. Sentry being in the film, Alexander Skarsgård being courted for the role, even Ryan Gosling. I think he'd be a better Johnny Blaze, a.k.a. Ghost Rider, but Alexander Skarsgård would hype me up. Tiamat being made of adamantium, become the island of Genosha, would excite the holy hell out of me. So we'll see what goes down, but this would make me really really excited. I'd be really excited. Last thing I kind of want to get through is Deadpool 3. So everyone involved in the film, producers, the director, Sean Levy, who's worked with Ryan Reynolds on that movie, The Adam Project, uh, Free Guy. He's done a lot of work on Stranger Things, has said this. Ryan Reynolds has said it. Hugh Jackman has said it. Kevin Feige has also said it right when they announced Deadpool 3 that the film will be rated R. We'll see if it happens. I think it will. I just think it's going to happen. And I think it's going to be... It is, there's just... You know, the fan base of Deadpool is way too big. Rob Liefeld, the creator of the character in the comics, has said it's going to be rated R. It's going to be very dark. Fans shouldn't be worried at all. So we'll see what happens. But again, the fan base is just too large. There's too many fans who would be heated if the movie's PG-13, who would be upset. If they make it R and all that is that makes it R is just Deadpool swearing a lot, give me some blood and violence. I think we're going to be getting that. They've been uh, hiring some stunt coordinators who've worked on horror films. They've been hiring some visual effects people. Who, yeah, Marvel uses their own visual effects people and they don't pay them that well. It came out that they pay them 20% less than what the going rate is in Hollywood for a visual effects person. But they've hired some other visual effects people who've worked on horror films. So... And some of the guys that worked on Deadpool 2 in the first Deadpool movie. So I'm not as worried about this film as most people are, I think. A lot of people just don't know the facts. They just say, oh, Disney, Deadpool, it's going to be a shit show. Well, you know the facts. And so that's kind of what I'm thinking. Everyone keeps saying, too, that it's going to be rated R. Ryan Reynolds said that he wouldn't return if it wasn't rated R, if it wasn't violent. So I'm not worried that much. Obviously, we'll wait and see how it goes, but I'm... Just not really concerned at all about it. Hugh Jackman's coming back as Wolverine. The film takes place right after Deadpool 2, so it's before 2017's Logan movie. So I'm hyped for that. It's going to be his last hurrah right off into the sunset as Wolverine. We're also going to know Wilson's Mobius from Loki, set to appear and reportedly co-star in the film. This is interesting. I think this is going to be where it connects the Foxverse to the MCU and 
forget Fox. They're just doing Deadpool. Everyone else is being recast. Everyone else done recasting everybody else. So I think Owen Wilson he can do some. Uh, Mobius can do something to bring Deadpool, maybe Wolverine in the MCU. Probably just Deadpool. So obviously him doing stuff. How would Mobius and TVA get on Deadpool's tail? I think would be with them trying to kill everyone in the Fox universe, trying to kill all the X-Men, Charles Xavier. Maybe he just goes crazy, and that's kind of what goes down in this film, and that's what gets Mobius and TVA's attention to him. And then maybe they escape the TVA and turn out on Earth-616, which was confirmed in Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness, to be the prime universe in the MCU as it is in the comics. So, this movie's going to be fascinating. Peter Parker, Spider-Man, Tom Holland is rumored to appear. Charlie Cox's Daredevil is rumored to appear. He was asked in a uh, Las Vegas Comic Con a few months ago, or a few weeks ago, actually, are you going to be in the Deadpool movie? And Charlie Cox responded with, I haven't heard anything about it, but I would really love that. Deadpool's a great character. I really like Ryan Reynolds. Um, Tom Hiddleston's one of my good friends, so I'd love to do something with him. So, kind of makes me think maybe Loki should have been Deadpool 3. That would be interesting. I think you do Team Red, you have Deadpool, Spider-Man, Daredevil pop up. Team up a little bit to do something. Would be pretty neat with Wolverine. But we'll see how it goes, but I'm hyped for this film. Future of the MCU was very bright. A lot of people were a little concerned after Thanos went down and after the previous uh, phase of the MCU. But... What did I tell everyone? I said, wait, we're getting Kang. That's going to make it great again. He's better than Thanos. And here we are. And everyone's on board. Everyone's hyped. Everyone's excited. Seems like everyone's forgotten most of the stuff that happened with Phase 4. Yeah, there was a handful of great projects, but there were also a handful of let down bad projects. I enjoyed most of the Phase 4 of the MCU. I look at Loki. That was phenomenal. WandaVision, phenomenal. Falcon and the Winter Soldier was solid. I think it's a little underappreciated. Shang-Chi was amazing. Uh, Eternals was still pretty torn on that. I've seen it a few times, and I just, I'm still torn. I'm a little 50-50 about it, but it was solid. They set up some stuff in interesting ways, particularly Dane Whitman, Kid Harrington's player, uh, character. So, yeah, Black Widow was even solid, too. I, I, if you know me, you know I love Florence Pugh. I, she's my favorite actress, my celebrity crush. Uh, she was phenomenal as Yelena Belova. Made that movie watchable. Made it great. She was in the Hawkeye show. The Hawkeye show was pretty bad, aside from a yielding of Belova's parts. And obviously, Wilson D'Onofrio's Kingpin coming back was phenomenal. Um, what else did we have? Moon Knight. That was... It was solid. It's not how I would have done Mark Spector's origin, but it was... It was solid. It was interesting. I want to see more of it. I want to see more of that character. Uh, but it was... It was pretty solid. Werewolf by Night was outstanding. One of the best projects Marvel's done in the last couple of years since Endgame. So I love that. Uh, and obviously there were some other stuff that weren't great. No Way Home, I think, was very good. I think it's a little more overhyped than some people say. Everyone just seems to love that all three Spider-Men were in it. But I think it was a little choppy. The story was a little dicey. It was just pretty much just pure fan service. And story, all of the fan service aside, storyline was a little eh until the end of the film when it got really good. So I love that movie. A little 50-50 on it, though. 
Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness was very solid. Another movie that did some fan service, particularly that stupid fan cast of John Krasinski as Reed Richards, which has been squashed by Kevin Feige. People seem to not understand that prior John Krasinski would never be Reed Richards again. He said it was basically just fan service, and we're going to be casting somebody else to play the main Reed in the MCU. So people can get that stupid notion out of their mind. It's not happening, but that movie was solid. It was really, really interesting. It was supposed to be more horror. That's why Scott Derrickson, who's done a lot of horror movies such as VHS and um, uh, some other movies uh, that were really solid horror. Also the movie uh, The Black Phone that came out recently with Ethan Hawke, big time horror director, and he wanted it to be more of a horror movie than it was. So he dropped out. So that was what kind of made me nervous about Doctor Strange's Multiverse of Madness, but it ended up being really solid, and I liked it a lot. So, Phase 4 is done. We had some solid stuff. We had some bad stuff. We had a few elite stuff. Now we're on to Phase 5. We're getting Kang. We're getting some greatness. And I'm hyped. So thank you, everybody. I think that'll wrap it up for the show. We appreciate you all tuning in, sticking with me. I'll be back. I'll be back doing more podcasts. Going to be doing one every week from here on out. Mark my words. I've said it before. Might say it again, but... From here on out, I will be doing a podcast once a week. It's my first one for this week, so I'm back, everybody. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for what's to come. Stay tuned. Be happy for Kang. Be happy for Kang. Believe in DC Studios. Believe in James Gunn. I know it's a little dicey right now, a little rocky. Not a lot of great stuff going on, but James Gunn I trust. He's a comic book fan. DC, I've always said it before, DC Comics are better than Marvel Comics. So remember, everybody, be happy. Stay happy. There's greatness afoot.